Happy Wednesday. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. I, I've missed this. And at the same time, it was just enough time away to be like, how do we do this again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think, I think we were only back live a week before I had jury duty, but we can check that box. I've done that. Can't be called back for a year. They'll miss me. They, they're going to miss you, yes. They're going to miss me. <laughs> oh, I could give you a full hour of my, my experience as a juror, but I won't. I will not do that to you. Good morning, Lisa and Chris. Chris, I've been meaning to message you. Maybe I will this afternoon or later on after we're done. Thank you, Lisa. Um, and, and Virginia's on with us. I've got it. So I can see who is watching with me. Um, so good morning, Virginia, Virginia. I just drove through Topeka yesterday. I sent my love. I left my love with you as I drove through Topeka. Uh, I, I hope, I hope that God has a meetup in store very soon because I would love to squeeze you one more time. Um, okay. We have been in Acts. We we just hit what have nothing. I done wrong? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. In fact, Chris, we have pulled back out the word that you spoke over us as an organization. It was actually over the conference that we had last July. Or that, that was the intention anyway, but um, we feel that it speaks to way more than that. And um, so God has taken it much further. God has taken it much further and we've shared it more widely than just with the people that were a part of that group. And, um, and to, to quote one of the people, I felt the fear of the Lord on that. <laughs> so if you, if you have us on your heart this week, that's why, because we are, we are diving into that word this week and, yeah. and, and everybody is kind of evaluating it through their own revelational win lens and, and with Holy spirit. So um, if you're, if you're feeling any sort of way concerning us friend, that's why. So now I don't have to message you. I just told you the whole thing. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Oh, good morning. Guess who? Lynn Salisbury just popped up as watching. Hi Lynn. Hello cousin. <laughs> that's still odd to me. Lynn and I are cousins, but we knew each other for 18 years before discovering that. Small <laughs> world. Such a small world. I have found out more about my family through Lynn than I have the people that, that I grew up with. So you just never know where your information is going to come from. Okay. We are in the book of Acts from the beginning of the year. Actually, it was the, the last day of December that we started and we are going through, I think it's the second week, the second Sunday maybe of July. And we are just taking this very slow, literally 28 weeks, Yeah, 28 weeks of acts. And no, we are not taking it one chapter a week. It's just not, it's just not working out like that. It no. just, 
it's by discretion. We're just like, whatever. We're like, like the wind. You just don't know what we're going to do. Good morning, Robin. Thanks for joining us. Um, so this, this, Anne Marie, when I saw your post, <laughs> you guys are so distracting. I saw your post about about um, setting aside social media for a little while. I was like, no, I've seen you in two weeks. Thank you for breaking your your curfew to watch. That blesses my little heart. Anyway, we, we finished up chapter three on Sunday and moved into to chapter four. They kind of go together. We just did the very end of, of chapter three. And, um, and, and then the full on message of Peter and John and possibly the lame beggar. I don't know. It just says, I mean, chapter four starts off saying, and as they were speaking to the people, there's no real indication of who they are. Earlier in chapter three, it says that, you know, after the song and dance of the, the healed Dagger, who we've affectionately named Walter, that's a long story, um, he, he's fully healed and he gets up and he starts dancing around. It reminds me of Chris. And um, and I mean, we're talking like full on frolicking. He's got to be leaping about and, and he is praising God. This has got to be quite the show. Mm-hmm. And, and then it says that he leans on Paul and John. So I think we can safely assume that he's lumped in with they, which makes the story even more fantastic because we're talking about a man, and we talked about this um, a week ago, whose occupation had completely changed. Mm-hmm. He went from beggar to praiser, just like that. And so, and, and the, end of, um, the end of chapter four actually says that the whole group of them were filled with the spirit again. Remember the building shakes and the whole group of them were filled with the spirit again. And they have the bold message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I just don't think that it's, it's just too big of a stretch to believe that the, um, that the lame beggar who had been healed could have been part of this preaching. But we can't say for sure. And I can't even tell you for sure who they are. But we know that Peter, John, and the once layman were the, the people mentioned there. So, all right. Vince, where do you want to go from here? Uh, I was just thinking about what you're just talking about. 40 plus years of begging turned to praise in an instant, immediately in that moment. It's just absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, I, I love that how you talked about his his occupation changing. It, it really gives a, a, a vivid picture of, of what happened. So um, that's where my mind was at when you said, "Where do you want to go from here?" Well, <laughs> it is it's a stunning picture because we we know we're made to praise. We know mm-hmm. that that we are worshiping something at all times, and so this man's use of his ability to praise or to worship completely is completely transformed in an instant. And and that is just as much a big of a miracle as his legs being healed. Yeah. Because how many of you had have tried 
to shut off your negativity, to shut off your complainer. That is easier said than done. And so this is a massive miracle that has taken place where he's not only standing, he's dancing and his his praise has changed. He's not mumbling and grumbling. He's releasing high praise to the name of Jesus Christ. Amazing. Yeah. He's, he's no longer looking for the people that can give value to him. He's now looking to give value to God and, and offer him what he's worth. It's such an incredible picture. And I guess it, it, it does go along with, um, what I've been considering here as I read through through this the, this beginning portion of Acts, and we're talking about it's titled the growing witness uh, and opposition. So there is there is the witness that's growing, the numbers are being added daily, and with that comes increased opposition day after day after day. We see here in um, chapter four, uh, Peter and John are arrested. They're brought before the council. Uh, but they're just ordered not to to speak in Jesus' name, not to uh, do miracles in Jesus' name, and and they tell them we're not going to do that. And again, they just order them, so that the opposition begins to grow. So they're told here um, they're arrested, left in jail overnight, brought before um, uh, the the Sanhedrin, and and ordered not to to do anything in Jesus' name, which was uh, again talked about this, I think last week, uh, a a big deal in this day to speak in someone's name that carried the weight and authority of the person on whose behalf they were speaking. And and so it it was a big deal to to do something in the name of someone else. And and so they they tell them, they tell the Sanhedrin here that they're not going to follow this rule. They're just not going to. They're going to continue to go out and do what they've been commanded to do. And it it brings me to the consideration of something we have talked about over and over and over again for probably a year and a half now is the fear of the Lord. This, this feels like a pivotal time right now where we have to make a stand as the body of Christ to step into the fear of the Lord, show reverence, right reverence to God, and and just make a stand uh, for truth to, to make a stand for, for who Jesus is, for, for what it is that he's done for us. And and for the fact that he is the only way to freedom, not our, our earthly understanding of freedom, but to actual freedom. And and so I I just think we're standing on, (laughs) on, on a point in time where it is pivotal, pivotal for us to make that stand for it pivotal for us, just like the the man who went from taking his occupation of begging and and not being free to move about on his own, not not being at basically at the will and mercy of others, to now being free, to being powered to to go out and have the opportunity to make his occupation praise. And in this time of choosing the fear of the Lord, we have the opportunity to make our occupation praise. And I think that's how we're going to lead others into this is, is not being self-centered. This is what is going to set us apart as the body of Christ from what we're seeing on the earth today is, is a self-centeredness, is uh, a desire for what I want 
to be truth and, and not just truth for me, but I want it to be truth for everyone around me. And, and this is not a truth that bows to the truth of who is Jesus Christ, but uh, bows to itself. And, and really, this is, this is about control. We're so unwilling to give up control of, of our lives that uh, we, we just come back to this self-centeredness. And so um, that's what I'm seeing when, when, when I'm reading this is that we, we've talked about the importance of the fear of the Lord, but I think right now in breaking the back of tolerance and, and making sure that there is no compromise within the body, this is a pivotal moment to choose the fear of the Lord rather than the fear of man. And that's going to require us to, to understand what is being done uh, um, on the earth, what is being leveled against us, um, you know, and, and what's, what's trying to come against us in, in the, the quote from Psalm two, uh, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The Kings of the earth, the Kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. So they were, they were set, setting themselves up against Jesus. And, and we have to see that it is, it is the influence coming from the unseen realm that is influencing people to set themselves against the body of Christ. And so uh, um, in, in this pivotal time of choosing the fear of the Lord, and ensuring that compromise is something that is is as far away from the body as possible, um, that we understand who the enemy is. We understand where the influence is coming from to direct this these attacks that we we come against, and and, and just understanding like people are not our enemy. They are the ones we are to be sharing Jesus with. How are we doing that? Well, a great way to do that is to choose an occupation of praise. Yeah. It, it takes all self-centeredness away and puts us uh, uh, centered on Jesus. And, and that is choosing the fear of the Lord. That is choosing to rightly regard who he is, choosing to rightly regard what he's done for us. So that that's where I'm at with this, this whole thing, this, and we see in the prayer what it's going to take at the end of chapter or towards the end of chapter four. Uh, the, the believers all come together, Peter and John share what happened. And then they, they say this prayer and in verse 29 and 30, it says, and now the Lord look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. So that's chapter four, verses 29 and 30. <laughs> And this is is the role of of boldness in in us as the body is to continue to speak the truth of Jesus Christ, to continue to put him on display, to continue to praise him, regardless of what's coming against us. And we're going to see over and over again here uh, as we move through Acts that when persecution comes, they, they celebrate that. It is it is a, a thing to be celebrated to to be persecuted for the name of Jesus. And, and this is this is something that that should bring about a resiliency in us and, and keep us moving forward. 
oh, this isn't even half of what Jesus suffered. I haven't even begun to understand that. So uh, um, I, I'm counting it as joy. <clears throat> Anyways, I, I've rambled on. I'm going to let you take back over here, but that's that's where I'm at. Not, with rambling. This. Not ramblings. No, that's 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 so good. And and I think that it's it's true. I mean, like if the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, then this is something that we really need a better understanding of. And and I, I think that we have ebbed and flowed in this like ever so slightly. And and it's because of the requirement that's on it. When the fear of the Lord comes into the room, you're immediately shown yourself doing things in a bold manner. And, and, and we lose the sense of the fear of the Lord when we pull out from that because it requires too much of us. It requires too much of a sacrifice that what will people think enters into the, the, the dialogue in our, our narrative and, um, and, and we bow out, we bow out, we, we dismiss the call and, and we're just like, nope, the, the, the cost is too high. And, and this, this happens to us all the time. If we're honest, if we're honest, this happens to us all the time. And, and I think that we, you know, when we see these stories taking place in the book of Acts, it, it's always they were filled with boldness. They were filled with boldness. And, and if you look back to what, what were the two things that Joshua was told over and over and over again? To be bold and courageous. God was like, be bold, be courageous. And that is what we are asked to do. But we bow down to the fear of man long before we consider bowing down to the fear of the Lord. And, and it's because it's what's familiar to us. It is our knee-jerk reaction. It is, um, honestly, we have been, the majority of us, raised up in a culture of submission to authority without regard to holiness and righteousness. And, and we've got to somewhat relearn what it means to honor God, first and foremost, because Peter, Peter says it right here. Um, oh, I turned too many pages. Um, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you judge. This is verses 19 and 20, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And so it, it, he's, it's like, I'm compelled to do this. Like, I can't hold this back. I can't keep this to myself. I have to tell of what it is that I've seen. And these guys have seen a lot. They have seen, they were with Jesus. They've seen a lot, but you see this transferred now to the group of 5,000. You have 5,000 men, men gathered together. So I don't know what the total amount of people are at this point, but we can assume that it's probably close to double. And, um, and so this is now transferred to this mob of people who are releasing praise in the same manner that they're seeing it demonstrated. And that same boldness and courage is now on them and they can't hold it in. So my whole point in bringing this to our attention is, is it takes one or two, it takes one or two people to step up and live boldly before the Lord and care about the fear of the Lord over the fear of man and put the fullness of the glory of the Lord on display as best we can in flesh like me. And that will ripple 
It will become the culture, but it takes a bold act to get that thing going. And, and, and I think we're there. I think we're there. I think we're like standing on the edge of going all in. We can hardly contain ourselves at this point. We're compelled, all of us, each and every one of us, we are compelled to go all the way in. We are like this close to throwing off the fear of man and being like, oh, I don't want anything to do with that anymore. It's the fear of the Lord set before me. And that's all I want. I want to see the things of the Lord manifest on the earth. That becomes the greater hunger than what will they think? Yeah. And isn't it disgusting when we actually put it in terms like that? that I have been feasting on and hungering for, what will they think? The concerns of man. But that is our reality. This is what we've been feasting on. We haven't cared one little bit about righteousness, about our right standing before the Lord. We've been more concerned with our right standing before men. Yes, like a forest fire. We always seem to go back to a fleshly fear and consider how it will make us look rather than think of the cost of not doing it. That's, that's a great thought. It is a great thought. And it's, we see in here over and over again, it says, um, see verse 31. And, and when they prayed, the place in which they gathered together were shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Over and over again, we see um, it, it referenced that they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, they were filled with the Holy Spirit of Pentecost, but then we keep having this reoccurring theme of they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And I, I found a, a, a footnote down here and it says the Holy Spirit's power did not come on them automatically, but it answered to their expectant believing prayer. And I thought, this is this is pretty incredible. So when they're praying to be filled with boldness, they're praying to be filled with the spirit. Yeah, it's it's good. it feels like to me that being filled with boldness equals being filled with the spirit because it's the spirit's boldness and and, um, and words that are going to come flowing out of us. And, and so it, that just uh, uh, really reinforces the fact that daily relationship is something that we need to be pushing into yeah which is which is the discipleship piece part of the discipleship piece we've been talking about all along is the fact that we need to be pushing into relationship with jesus every single day and and allowing this to come out and this this is uh um all of them that were gathered together uh they were filled with the holy spirit continued to speak the word of god with boldness we talked about mob mentality um I think on Sunday school this last week or maybe the week before um, this week. This, okay. It was, it, it, this is mob mentality in the other direction. This is mob mentality <laughs> of praise. Right. Come pure on. And simple. I, I, why can't we have that as well? I think we can. We can. So, <laughs> um, <looking> for hanky. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Where's it at? Mine's, it. mine's too far out of reach with my headphones on. Um, <laughs> But that's really what what we're seeing here is we are just seeing that they are filled with the Holy Spirit and and it just takes on the the entire group. Yeah. And and they everywhere this happens, they're of they're of one mind, they're of 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 one 
uh, uh, spirit and ready to go and, and continue speaking the word of God and doing so with boldness. Uh, I think that's another continued theme that we're seeing here is boldness. That's good, Maria. Yes, we do. It, it, boldness. It, it is It is the thing. Um, and and th verse 32, and the heart and soul of the multitude of those who had believed was one. And not even one said that any of his possessions was his own, but all things were common to them. I don't want us to miss the way that this culture is carved out. It is through praise. When opposition comes, you and I have a habit of shying away from it. You and I have a habit of running and hiding. You and I have a, a habit of, you know, sticking our head in the sand. We don't like opposition. Opposition, we do not like discomfort. But opposition and discomfort are actually designed to grow us, to grow the governing power of the kingdom of God on the earth. It is the opportunity to release praise. What does praise do? I'm going to continue to break this down for the rest of my life. I just know it. I'm going to. I'm going to remind us at every turn that in the face of opposition, we have opportunity to release praise. What does praise do? Praise invites God to come and establish his dominion, his throne in that space. So essentially it's a setup. It is a setup by the hand of God to allow opposition to come near you mm. so that you can use wisdom to release the power of praise over that thing to kick out the opposition and establish the governing power of the kingdom of God in that space. It's a setup. It's a huge set up. So we have to stop running from opposition and boldly face it, realizing like this is kingdom opportunity because he enthrones himself on the praises of his people. Guys, it's, it's by no mistake that Jesus came from Judah. He came from praise. He came from praise because praise is what he would be established upon. We want the governing power of Jesus Christ on the earth today. And the only way that that can manifest itself is through the praises of his people. We have got to become praise powerhouses that at every little opposition that we would be mindful enough to be like, stop. The moment that that fear starts to rise up, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to praise. I'm not supposed to yield to this fear because what is in me is far more powerful than what is outside of me. And I have the power to take dominion in this space. Not only do I have the power, but I have the call. I have the origin to take dominion in this space. We've got to get the squatters out for too long. We have just allowed any old spirit to take up residence mm -hmm. all around us because we are weak-minded. Let's throw that off. He says, we have a sound mind, right? 
put on your sound mind and recognize when opposition is coming to terrify you. Why? I'm getting excited. Why does opposition (laughs) terrify you? It goes back to the enemy always overplays his hand. He's, he's, He's trying to terrify you to get you to run and hide because he knows that once you click in with your destiny, with your praise, that he doesn't stand a chance. Our job is to put the victory of Christ on display. It is finished, right? We can agree with the cry of Jesus on the cross. It is finished. He attained the victory. Our job as sons and daughters of glory is to take our rightful place by declaring his victory over every moment of opposition. And that's what I have to say about that. So what you're telling me is, is that opposition <laughs> equals opportunity. Opposition equals opportunity. Great. And we can take praise in that and move right into freedom. Yes. And, and yes. just just remember that, that you're not promised an easy life. That's why we're saying opposition equals opportunity. And in that, Jesus said his, his uh, uh, yoke is, is easy, his burden is light. Mm-hmm. So th- this is this is what we come back to. Part of our resilience that we have to lean on is is the fact that it is it's easy and light. So in this opposition, it shouldn't weigh us down. It should be opportunity for us to to rise above. And gosh, doing so in praise and understanding that that brings us into to freedom and understanding the victory that's already been won on our behalf that it's ours to just step into and take hold of. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is, <laughs> what, what is it that we're fearing? I'm not sure. I'm not sure why we consider uh, what we look like to other people as opposed to what we look like in the kingdom. Stepping into the fear of the Lord, stepping into what it is we're called to, um, it, it it may not look like uh, heroism here on earth, but it certainly is in the kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. There's just no denying that. No. There isn't. And my whole point of that rant was that that's what created space for them to be able to be in one accord, to be of one mind, to, I mean, this is honestly, this is an, another another aspect that we can point to and say, this is miraculous. This is miraculous. These people are bonded to the degree of all of their possessions are considered mutual, belonging to one another. This is amazing. This doesn't just happen. By flesh. This is, this is a a miraculous act that is happening among them for them to deny themselves and take Mm -hmm. up the cause of Jesus Christ. This is beautiful. What, what a beautiful way to live. I'm, I'm inspired by this, that it's possible for us. And I'm not saying same, same. Let's not try to cookie cut this. Right. Let's, let's yield to it. 
let's yield to the possibility of what it looks like for us to live in one accord, to, to determine that our possessions belong to one another. I don't know what that's going to look like. I'm not saying like, go sell your possessions and lay them out of my feet. That's not what I'm saying. What is it going to look like for us to live in one accord? Right now, hardly any of us can even agree with what Christ-like living looks like. Mm-hmm. And these people are living in, in, in a profound agreement to where they're looking at their possessions going like, hey, you need it, it's yours. And it was completely voluntary. There was no compulsory element to this. Uh, the, this the way they lived was absolutely 100% voluntary. Yeah. It, and, you know, the, the lack of persecution on us makes it um, a little bit harder to understand what it is that they were doing and how they were living. I think if we had that, there would be a different element to it. There'd be a yeah. different element to sharing all things in common. But we have to remember this this was, in fact, a voluntary thing. And and it just shows the heart of the heart of flesh that was placed in them with the indwelling of Holy Spirit to love one another and yeah. do so well without compulsion. It, it's a it's a fascinating thing to to think about that they shared everything in common voluntarily. One aspect of this that, that I don't think is, is voluntary is the discipleship piece is the, in the first mention of sharing all things in common, they came together. They were continually devoting themselves to the teaching of the apostles, to prayer and all these things. This is the compulsory element of discipleship. The, the the aspect of being a believer that we don't want to look at. Yeah. Because this is the part where we, we start being told what to do. And, and, you know, a lot of us don't like to be told what to do. I don't know many people that do. So I guess it depends on what it is. It does. Sure. <laughs> but in this regard of where, now we are starting starting to be disciplined and, and not disciplined in a bad way where you're getting spanked or whatever. No, this is this is a, um, a discipline towards the kingdom. This is bringing you into something that's better. It doesn't always feel good. And yeah. So I, I think sharing everything in common, we have to pull that piece into it as well. And, and this is the the part that's going to require, I think, even more boldness than sharing Jesus is holding each other accountable to the mm-hmm. call of God on our lives. Right. It's yeah. difficult to do. It is. It, it's difficult because it requires honesty on both ends mm-hmm. and, and and boldness. It, it requires boldness. And I think that, you know, once we get over ourselves, this will be far easier. <laughs> We have so many layers of self-protection going on that it's it's really difficult for for people to to see the purity mm-hmm. of the call that, that's on each of our lives. And um <clears throat> I mean we self-protect with all kinds of nonsense and yeah. 
and, and it, it's like a lot of it is riddled in the fear of man. And um, I, I'm uh, same, same, same. I'm chuckling at myself. I can see myself, Anne Marie. <laughs> it's like talking in a mirror. I, yeah. I I only know because I do, right? Right, and, right. Um, and, and so I I know that feeling. Uh, we we just had a meeting on Sunday night, and um and and some were bold enough to share things that made their heart race, and um of the thing that the big thing that sits out in front of them that they feel like God has called them to fulfill, you know? And, and that's, that's not easy to admit. And I think so much of it is, is because we have been taught um, the wrong idea of what humility is. You know, we, we have taught, been taught that, that humility is to, to think less of ourselves not to think of ourselves less, but to think less of ourselves, that somehow that's humility and it's not. And so when we make statements that are, you know, well, God has called me to do this and it's like this grandiose picture, it feels like an arrogant thing to say out loud. And, and it's, it's, it's not, we don't get to judge something arrogant that God has seated, you know, like that, that's not okay. We're in a disagreement with God when we judge something arrogant that God's seated in us. Mm-hmm. And and we do it. We do it all the time. We shy away from it. We don't want anybody to see it. We protect it. We're like Schmeagel and the precious. And um, and we don't want anybody to see it. We, we want to hold it to ourselves. We want to coddle it. And guess what? That thing is never going to flourish. It's never going to break out of its seed. God dreams break out of their seeds the moment that they are witnessed of. We make witness of something by our words. So the moment that I'm brave enough to say, God has called me to do whatever, that thing begins to break out of its seed. And then I allow other people to come in and to help grow that thing and by accountability but I cannot be held accountable to, to something that has not been spoken. I, I can't. You cannot hold me accountable. You absolutely cannot hold me accountable if I have not shared what it is that God has called me to do. And vice versa. I can't hold you accountable. I can't call out the greatness in you if you are unwilling to share the fullness of who you are. And so it actually is not humility for you to shrink back and pretend like you're less. Mm -hmm. That's actually way more prideful than it is humble. Uh, And people weren't. They were bold. Yeah. Will you say again what you said about being in opposition to God? Yeah, I, 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 when we are when we are, are holding back and coddling and making making the call of God in our lives um, smaller than than He has declared, we are honestly it's defiance to God. It is it's opposition to to God because 
He seeds his word in us. We are his word. Let's start there. We are his word made manifest. So check yourself out right now. Like, oh my gosh, I am the word of the Lord made manifest. Whether you believe in him or not, this is the reality. And this is why the gospel works. Because the gospel of Jesus Christ is the witness to the word made manifest as you. So we don't even have to do any great convincing. We don't even have to be brilliant evangelists. We don't even have to have all the I's dotted and the T's crossed. Because the gospel, the pure gospel of Jesus Christ is a witness to the word made manifest. Your humanity. That is the word of God made manifest. And so it is a witness. It is a judgment that actually flourishes against the human, even the human will. And so when we hold back, especially those of us that know, kicks me off. Those of us that know, that are awakened to the reality and the fullness thereof, and we are still holding hostage the things that God has seated inside of us, we we absolutely are in opposition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know better. Yeah, and, and in that being in that opposition, we're we're rebelling. And and we have to think about if we're always offering worship in some way to something, in this case, we are starting to offer worship to something lesser than God. Yeah. Either to the, the false humility of self to anything else when we're in this rebellion against what it is he's saying when we are 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 just living lesser than who it is that he's called us out to be we're we're no longer offering worship to him in who it is that we are presenting as yeah it just becomes something lesser than yes and the, the, here's here's our reality, and this is the sad reality of, of our human condition, is that instead of just allowing the pure flow of the gospel to come out of us, that, that really would become the witness that the world is aching to hear. Because remember, that the nations desire Jesus Christ. Scripture tells us that. We know that the nations desire the reality of Jesus Christ. It is the truth. But what we do is we utilize lesser tools that are manipulative in nature to attempt to sway one another by mind control, wanting to control the narrative one to another rather than trusting that the gospel of Jesus Christ is absolutely enough. It's absolutely enough. I don't have to use compassion to sway you. I don't have to use anger to sway you. I just have to lay hold of the gospel of Jesus Christ in boldness. And that's why I think the boldness is the tip of this thing. Because we're so likely to lay hold of manipulative tactics to try and sway one another. And it's not needed. It's just not needed. That's mixture. Yeah. You mentioned this, just the tip of it. That that reminded me of something we talked about a while ago when we talked about 
um, a sphere. And when you, if you look at somebody who is operating in fullness, we don't want to move them out of that. We don't want to compromise them anywhere the way we want to get behind them and help push. And so you become like the shaft of the spear. You are adding weight behind what it is that God is doing through this person. And this is where that accountability piece is coming into play. Yeah. If you are, are fully behind what it is that God is doing through them and who it is that God says that this person is, then you are going to be pushing that forward mm-hmm. and, and compromise and uh, uh, lacking accountability is not going to do that. There is no weight behind that thing. And, and so that's just what I was reminded of. And this is, this is a way that you can help uh, your own mind be bold in, in holding each other accountable. If, if it's pure, you are like the shaft of that spear adding weight and thrust yes. to the penetrating aspect of what it is designed to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and around here, we talk a lot about knowing who has the hot hand. And this is really important. And, and this this will probably appeal more to, to any guys that are on here. Y'all love tools, right? Am I right? Like you love tools, whether you need them or not, you love tools. And so if you imagine each of us being a tool within a toolbox, or perhaps you have a tool shed, perhaps you have something greater than that. I don't know. Whatever your grandiose vision is of tools, imagine that, that each of us are a tool within and what would you be more likely to pick up something that's already sharpened or something that needs to be sharpened? If I withhold myself and I don't allow you to see me in fullness, I am dull and you won't know how to utilize me. And so for those of us that sit around on the bench complaining about, well, nobody ever sees me, that's your fault. That is simply your fault. You have enough prophetic words insulating you to conquer an entire nation all by yourself. So if you're still sitting on the bench and you're dull, that's your fault. You haven't let anybody know what it is that you carry. Nobody knows how to utilize you. And so around here, we talk a lot about who's got the hot hand and we want to run with that person. We spent the entire last season having Vince lead us in teaching because he has a teacher's anointing. He has an ability to break things down so that they are, they're they're bite-sized and you can digest them and and you can run with that information. And, And so Vince had the hot hand for that season and we ran with that. We, we, we did everything we could to bolster that in him. You have to know what the people in your company carry so you know how to utilize them. You know that when you come to a space of opposition, you've released praise. Now, who do you need to release in that moment that can actually, not just we've occupied, right? Because we can occupy by releasing praise. Now we want to establish. And we need to know what each person carries to know how to build in this space that we've just conquered and taken over. We can't just leave it. We can't just, Oh God, you're so great. And and know that, you know, he established himself on the praises of people. What next? Mm -hmm. I have to know what you carry. So if you are someone who has been content to sit in the shadows or on the wall as a flower, let someone know who you are. 
Don't be content to wait for them to shine a light on you. It is your job to shine your light brightly. You, in fact, are a city on a hill. Your job. Your job to unleash your light so others can see you and they know how to utilize you. Especially in these days that we're moving into, where we are moved away from the it person, the platform person, having all the responsibility. We are moving into a company mindset. (laughs) She's here. here. Now you tell us what you carry there. Uh, Share that. Amen. We're a company. We need to be company-minded. Mm-hmm. Stop waiting for the it person to notice you. Be company-minded, which means you tell me what your occupation is. Have we said enough? <laughs> yes. I think what you just shared is, is that's it. Amen. That's what I have to say. Anne-Marie is sharing her occupation as we speak. Amen. I agree. Thank you. There is more. (laughs) I fully believe that. Okay. For those of you that jumped on later, I see a few names that we did not get to say hello to. So hello to all of you that jumped on later. Rachel, Jeff, Maria, I don't think we got to say hi to Maria, and Vicky and John. I saw his name pop up. And by the way, it is his birthday. Tell John happy birthday in the comments. We are we have been celebrating him all month. In fact, he has um, really upped the game of celebrating himself, <laughs> which I love. And um, so tell him happy birthday in the comments. And um, I just want to remind you that we are having a conference in July, July 12th through the 14th here in the lovely state of Kansas. And normally it's a hundred plus degrees here in Kansas in July, but not when Rebecca King comes to town. (laughs) Yeah, that's weird, huh? It is super weird, but it is what happens. And um, so we have mild Julys when (laughs) Rebecca is here. So Rebecca King will be here, Mark Birchmachin, and Laura Beth Malloy. So we are super excited about that. If you have not registered, we do ask that you go and get registered. There is no cost for this conference. We just we just refuse. We cannot put a price tag on this. And um, because freely you have received and freely we will give. So we want to, to make that um, available to just anybody who wants to come. But we do need you to register because we have limited space and we will have to cut it off at some point. Um, We love our building, but it is not exactly large. And so there will be, there will have to be a cut off. We've had people make jokes about where we could put people, but listen, (laughs) nobody wants to be in an overflow room. (laughs) Yes, already done. You made the list, Anne-Marie. I've seen your name. Um, So get out there and register. And one thing that I will say 
is that we do believe in a royal exchange and it does take money to put on a, a conference and bring speakers in. And so uh, if you follow that link that Vince put in the chat, um, there is an option to give. If you want to, to help support the, the conference, we would love for you to partner with us. And we do want you to see it that way, that you are indeed partnering with us. Like I said, company mentality. You are not coming to consume. You are coming as part of a company to make much of Jesus Christ. Yes. You may not be the one that's coming to do the speaking, but you are the one coming to make a ruckus and 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 make much of of Jesus in this space. So you have a job to do, and um, and so we would love for you to partner with us by by giving to um, to the conference and um, so that we can do a fantastic job hosting. That's something that we are passionate about is doing a fantastic job at hosting. And, and God has called us to host the nations and we aren't shy about that. We are called to host the nations. And, and so by all means, nations come help us make much of Jesus Christ here in the middle of the United States. So until the next time, friends, have a blessed week and remember that you are loved. Thank you.